Hello, I'm Phil Dobby. This is the Vantage Performance Podcast. And this week, how to ensure you have the right CFO for difficult times. And there you are, thinking that a CFO is just a CFO, someone good with numbers who can keep track of where the business is at, can keep staff in line, including members of the senior management team from time to time. What else do you need? Well, according to Barbara Ould, who's a director of Vantage Performance, not all CFOs are created equal. And you have to have a particular type of CFO when we're facing difficult times. And uh, we could all be facing very difficult times over the next year, the way the world economy is looking. So uh, Barbara's on the line. I mean, Barbara, different CFOs for different times. What makes a CFO who's built uh, for a financial crisis uh, different from that man or woman who's going to steer you through those periods of high growth? Look, it's an interesting one, Phil. Um, yeah, I've, I've thought about this a bit because I see a lot of businesses of late that have been through difficult times and it's probably honed my opinion of it a little bit more. Mm. And also as an ex-CFO, um, I'm conscious of the fact having been in that chair as well. But I think that I think the key thing that uh, separates um, difficult times from, say, maintaining a business or growing a business, is just that ability to act quickly and decisively. You know, it's imperative that time is absolutely of the essence, and and it's it's not an easy period of time. You know, um, stakeholder management is something that is huge in difficult times very yeah. opposed to other periods well because you're the uh, you're the, you're the, uh, the bringer of bad news very often aren't you you're <laughs> going to be saying no more often perhaps and perhaps people don't want to hear that so you have to uh, you have to have the, the, those management skills to be able to say no uh, but I guess also to be able to argue quite convincingly why that might be because there's there's a danger isn't there if you just say no to everything you're gonna you're gonna stop any opportunity for growth you're right, you're right. You won't be listened to because, um, you know, in these type of periods, you know, if times are difficult, often the CEO uh, can be acting, uh, making some rash decisions as well. They can be acting reactively and emotionally. Giving frank and honest advice is uh, imperative that they do that, but it, it, that makes it hard. But the other thing too is, is often through these times is, is you know, they're, they're managing demanding financiers uh, creditors are angry. They're, they're after their money. Customers aren't happy because often um, things aren't working quite to, to track, and maybe response times are slow, etc. That often happens, and staff are not happy either because things are tough. So mm. everyone's experiencing the pain. So it, it, it is a it is a difficult time for all. So you have to be a diplomat, but I guess on the on the positive side, you're also the person who's got the numbers. So if you're going to win an argument. Uh, you need evidence. And you, you talked about maybe the CEO going off uh, half-baked sometimes because there's so much emotion built in. I guess you've got to have the number, but you have to make sure you have the right numbers and you've got them there at the right time. Yeah, look, it, essentially, um, timeliness of the financial reporting and quality of it are the two key things in difficult times. Um, one of the things we see often is, is just um, a business's break-even point or position isn't well known. In, in good times, it tends to be glossed over a bit, um, but you must understand it in difficult times. And also, to just your gross margin, if you don't if you don't manage that and manage that well, you won't survive. So. It's essentially reporting is reporting, but you need the type of reporting that is going to help the business make decisions, difficult decisions quickly. Uh, and if you don't have that, then like you said, you don't have the uh, the ammunition to kind of follow your hunch or, or your belief as to what needs to happen. 
Uh, so it's essentially helping the CFO do their job. And should the CFO be digging deeper at times like this as well, actually trying to understand more of the metrics that are that are driving the business? Like, uh, for example, what's, what's the marketing person spending his money on? Or uh, what are the salespeople, you know, what, what sort of leads are the salespeople uh, doing? How much are they spending on, you know, on trying to win clients? Or is that just going too far? How do you draw the boundaries, I guess, is the question. Yeah, very good question, Phil. Look, it definitely does require the CFO to be hands-on. Uh, it is going to take them out of their comfort zone because often they'll have relied on other people at lower levels to do that. Um, and when things are going okay, there's not the, the same need. But you just can't you, you can't do that. You can't rely on figures put in front of you. You've really got to test it. You've got to eyeball. You know, we've seen a lot of situations where uh, the CFO has an eyeball. Say, say for example, stock might be a good example. Have it has an eyeball stock taken that for granted that that is what it is. Um, the C- CEO has relied on the CFO making the right decision and the right reporting, but it ended up it's ended up it hasn't been right and there's been major overstatement of, of say stock for example. Um, yeah, they they do need to get they need to really get their hands dirty and and you're right for some CFOs, which is why I say, have you got the right one? Mm. Some don't want to do that. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I mean, I think it does fall in. I've seen this. There's two types of CFO basically. There's the person who's there who uh, who makes sure all the books are you know the books are clean and uh, provides the reports that are needed by the board or by shareholders and and does a good job of that, but isn't really that proactively involved in the business. Then there's the other person at the other extreme who uh, perhaps gets too involved and uh, you know, and the, the business struggles because of it because the CFO wants to be involved in every decision. So, But we seem to be leaning more in that direction perhaps than the former direction in, in times like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is a very interesting thing, and I suppose we've all learnt from experience at various times, particularly when something goes wrong, and in this instance I'm saying difficult times, which is where something isn't working as it should be, that relying on what you normally have relied on can be quite dangerous, and, and that's effectively the message. Um, don't just rely on what you had, and or if you do... You know, there could be inherently issues with, um, you know, something that hasn't been tested for some period of time. Big decisions are going to be made on those figures. And if they're not right, um, you know, effectively you're responsible for that for that being incorrect. So, and the business can't afford that, can't afford the time nor the, uh, the impact of that. But do you think it is a different person or do you think it's just the same person who just has to act differently and, and, and change their behaviour? I think I think effectively it should be the same person. It's just saying you need to have a broader skill set. I have seen some instances, and, and this is why I say it too, that SMEs you see it a lot more. Like bigger companies, you know, effectively that person is usually well-rounded enough to do it. But even at that level, I'd say they still have to get their hands dirty. So there's still a message there for the bigger companies. But in some of the you know smaller companies, smaller medium enterprises. Um, you know, the CFO is effectively a lower level. It might be a financial manager rather than a CFO. Mm. And they just don't have the same level of skill set. So sometimes they aren't the right person. They just don't have that breadth or or level of experience or depth to be able to do it. So you would hope that they all can, um, that it's there, and you would would encourage that that's what it is. But sometimes it isn't. And if they they don't, I mean, because this seems to be the very basis of what you're saying, if you don't feel like you're up to the job, then, you know, what we're saying here is that uh, just like we're expecting CFOs to, to call the shots and make sure that they're treating everything with a sense of urgency, they need to take this on board and stick their hand up and say, look, I can't do all this. We've got to do something about me. 
Yeah, exactly. And look, one way to one way to do that too uh, that we often assist with is um, having a, an interim turnaround professional. That way, the CSO is supported through the process, um, and and also too that the most difficult piece is probably the stakeholder management through that period, and sometimes that independence of that role helps. Um, the CEO and the CFO can then concentrate on the business operations while the turnaround process is happening. Um, and it becomes a win-win because there's strong communication protocols in place. You've got the board, uh, financiers, creditors, all effectively managed. So it's a smart decision to ask for help when you when you think that you are able to manage it. Right. And if you don't do that, what's the worst thing that can happen? I, I guess <laughs> well, the, the, obvious, the obvious thing is things go to the wall. Well, in the end, they, they can be, and, and that's my message a little bit. It's a message really to CFOs and to CEOs that if, if the CFO isn't meeting the needs of the business, uh, then uh, effectively um, it, it may be time for a change. Um, but often one thing we do see as well is often a, a, it's seen as a very difficult decision to replace a CFO, but you know one of the worst things you can do is just accept an underperforming CFO. And my message to CFOs, you know, you need to be relevant to your business, act with urgency, make sure you step up to the plate, and just treat it like it's your business. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so often. It's one of those expressions, isn't it? That's so often said. But it, you know, and it's it's a little bit hackneyed, perhaps these days. But it, people keep on saying it. It's so true. If you if you're not treating it, it's like your money. And of course, you. Yeah, I mean, you've been a CFO, so you've you've been on the cushy wage. Uh, you, you don't want to get it, but you've got to make sure you don't get detached from reality. Well, you do because I think that's what happens. You know, particularly if it's a larger style business or the business has been growing, you you rely on people, which is good. Which means you've delegated authority to them and you've empowered them to take on the vision. But as what happens is in this instance, everything changes. So there isn't a constant platform under you. So that that's the reason why everything also all of a sudden has to be looked at, and you have to look at it. You can't rely on others to do that. They're not as experienced as you to do that. Um, so effectively, you really you you've really got to get hands on and be proactive. Right. So the answer to the question, do you need a new CFO? Uh, the answer is uh, very possibly you do, but as you said, it's not necessarily a different person. It's just that person needs to change. That's the key thing. That is the key. That they need to grow and um, expand to all their levels of possibility. All right. Great to talk, Barbara. Lovely. Thank you, Phil. Mm-hmm.